Hi, welcome to another episode of Paul Tom Power, Power System Design's podcast on the latest in power and power design. I'm your host, Alex Paul, and today I've got Steve Ehrlich. He's uh, with Spacetime Insight. They're a company that uh, provides uh, intelligence and software and uh, knowledge-based solutions for the smart grid, which is why I've brought them on the show, because there's a lot of things happening out there. Isn't that right, Steve? Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Alex. Good to be here. And yes, there's a, there's, there's a ton happening. Um, you know, what's, what's interesting is that we talk a lot about the smart grid, and the problem is that as all these uh, assets and devices get smarter, the volume of data gets bigger and bigger. And uh, exactly. it's a huge, a, huge, a huge challenge today for organizations having to figure out what, what does all the data mean. They, uh, they've, they've taken knowledge out of the heads of people and put it into uh, machines. And now the problem is how do you get the, the data and meaning out of the machines? So, and into the minds of the people who need to make the decisions. <laughs> exactly right. It's, it's funny because, you know, when you, you think about big data, let's say I've collected data from a million smart meters. And I'm collecting data every 15 minutes, and so I now have a huge database. And the, the first inclination might say, well, let me see my million meters on the screen, right? I put all these meters out, I want to see them. And of course, looking at a million dots on the screen is pretty meaningless. There's not much information you're going to be derived from that. So being able to see the information you care about out of this big data is what is really important. So I might care about the meters that have not been read in the last hour or the meters that have been tampered with or where uh, fraud is suspected and theft is suspected in some way. Or perhaps there's an outage in an area that's causing a certain number of meters to be out on that as well. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of different variables that come into play into making the decisions, but more importantly than not, it's about narrowing down this huge data set. I, I call it getting to little data from big data, because it's really the little data inside the big data that you generally care about. Well, exactly. It's the point of the spear, not how long the spear is. The, the length of the spear may help you get the point where it needs to be, but without the point, the purpose of the spear is lost. That's right. And so com- compounding this problem is the fact that all these, all these different smart grid systems are generating siloed sets of data. So my meter data in one place and my transformer data over here and, you know, SCADA data here and, you know, it's synchrophaser data here. It's, they're all in different systems and different formats. They arrive at different times and different frequencies. So it's a real challenge for, for a human and to try and correlate all this data. How do I know which, which piece of data correlates with which, not just in terms of time, but also in terms of space? You know, are these assets in the same geographical area, or are they completely differently and not related to each other? Right, and right, so, right. Well, so that's, so that's what in, space time inside is about. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say is that well, and and this is it's really critical to bring bring up that point because a lot of people, when you think of the grid, is very been very very much hardware based and very physical based. And one of the things data can't forget is there are physical aspects to the information as well. It could be natural incidents, could be a tree falling on something, it could be someone 
pirating power. There are a lot of causes, but there, as you were saying, the physical data is important, behavioral data is important, every facet's important. So it's, I, I think it's important to remind our, the our listeners here that yes, this is a, an aspect beyond the hardware, but it can't separate itself from the hardware. That's exactly right. Um, the, the hardware that's generating the data, but to really analyze and visualize the data is, is where the software piece adds to that. Right, and then turns it into value because until you can apply that big data, as you were saying, big data to small data, until you have that information, that piece of small data that you can apply to the hardware infrastructure, then the big data is not really useful, is it? That's exactly um, in general, it's, it's, it's one piece of information by itself is generally insufficient to be able to make an accurate decision. So if, if I'm looking at, for example, that a meter is not responding, well, I can conclude that the meter is broken, right? Mm-hmm. But, but what if I then said, well, um, you know, there's a communications problem in the area. Well, maybe the meter is fine, it's just that I can't reach it. Well, what if I then said, well, you know, in that neighborhood in general, there's been a lot of tampering and fraud going on. So perhaps that's the reason. Um, but then you might say, well, boy, we've got a bunch of crews working in that area. I wonder if there's an outage that's more general outage in there, and that's why the meter is not responding. And I might flip over to the IT side of the equation and say, hmm, I wonder if this customer's paid their bill and their power hasn't been turned off. <laughs> Right, so it's 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 there's so many different perspectives that you might get on being able to lead to a, a decision that's actually correct, and so mm-hmm. it's it's the correlation of data from all these siloed systems bringing it into one place so that the user can make a decision. Because the thing that drives users absolutely crazy is when they have to go to 20 different systems to figure it out themselves. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Now. Talking about that, figuring things out, something tells me that that's what uh, space-time specializes in. Can you give us a little bit of an uh, overview of what you're doing to address the grid? Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Uh, We're taking the data from all these systems uh, through a series of data interfaces, and we then analyze and correlate that data across space, time, and node. And what that means is a spatial query would be something like – how many customers are within a five-mile radius of a transformer that's on fire? A temporal analysis would be, well, how has that situation changed over the last hour or two hours, and how might it change over the next hour or two hours? So looking at data you know, over time. And then a nodal analysis would be, well, if that transformer is down, how many customers that are connected to it are without power? And so understanding the relationship between different nodes in the network. So, so once you've got the data, you've got access to the data, you've analyzed it, you then need to see it. And so visualizing it uh, in, in different formats, perhaps on a map or charts or tables or, or specific uh, diagrams and so on, it's usually a combination of formats that give you the complete picture. So a map might show you geospatial relationships between data, but if I really want to see the details, I need that in a table. And if I want to see trends, then a chart is probably the best way to see that. Um, and finally, the, it's, it's about helping users answer questions. So if, if something's wrong 
And I, I firstly want to be alerted to that. So if an asset's failing, I want to know ahead of time. And then I want to know where is that asset, why is it failing, how did the situation come, up, come about, and most importantly, what must I do about it? And so built into these applications is, a, is typically an action step of what the user should pay or what the user should do to mitigate the problem. You know, perhaps it's filing a ticket or logging a ticket in a different system. Perhaps it's filing a report and notifying somebody or calling somebody else to say, you know, I don't quite understand what's happening here. But there has to be an action because just looking at data by itself is not that interesting. It's being able to do something useful with the data that is very powerful. Agreed. Agreed completely, Steve. So, um what uh, what else do you do? What can you do to help service providers integrate your technology into their solutions? Um, it's, it's what's what's nice about our implementation is it's very IT friendly, and part of the reason is that we don't store data. We're running completely in memory, and essentially acting as an overlay to all the existing systems that are in place. So it's a very fast approach to get data from different systems into, you know, a single pane of glass that everybody can look at and have consensus on what's happening. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a it's a solution that's driven. We have a a fairly rich development tool where all the data interfaces are, you know, integrated and the visualizations are then built on top of that. And any analysis can be brought in, whether it's analysis we do ourselves in our own software, perhaps using the R language, um, or it's an analysis that's done on a per-asset or per-discipline basis. And the results of those analysis can then be pulled into this environment along with all the other data. So the idea is to get, give everybody across the organization, whether you're in service, whether you're in an engineer, whether you're in operations, whether you're CEO, you all have a view of what's happening. It may be slightly different view based on your skills and what you're interested in, but you all have a consistent view of the same data across all the operational systems as well as your IT and your external systems, your weather and fires and traffic and so on. Well, you know, and that's the, the criticality because as I, you know, my, my audience is probably tired of me saying it, the smart grid is very much like the blind men and the elephant. It's completely dependent upon your point of view. So the software that you provide, the solutions you provide, even the hardware infrastructure you provide are going to have to be flexible enough to address all of those viewpoints, the need sets, as it were, of everybody mm-hmm. involved, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. It's, it's, um, if, if I'm the CEO logging into the system, uh, I might want to see a summary of all the outages in the area and an estimation of when you know, customers will receive have their power restored. If I'm an operator logging into that same you know, system, I want to see the detail, the outages, what the causes are, what actions I need to take, where my field crews are, um, you know, what weather is in the area, what trees are down, and all those kind of things. So it's it's about trying to to give you all four legs of the elephant. <laughs> At once, bring them all together, so you can really see the whole elephant uh, and what shape it's in. You know, is it is it is it stumbling? Is it standing? Is it well fed? You know, is it heading it in the right direction? <laughs> exactly. You've got no, to be able to see, see the whole picture. Yeah. 
No, right. that's, but in, and that's 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 a great way to to, to extend the analogy well. But um, <laughs> so then, Steve, where do you see it going? I mean, obviously, no one can predict too far over the horizon. But what about the near future? What do you where do you see the smart grid going and developing? Is you what kind of adoptions are you seeing, or do you think you'll see uh, in the next say year or so? Um, I, I see at least two things from a software perspective. One is uh, the whole idea of machine learning. Um, given, given the volume of data, it's, it's hard for users to go and figure out where the issues are in the data. It's much better for a machine to go off and process the data and say, here are things you need to look at. So machine learning and, and using, using artificial you know, intelligence and other techniques to, to process the data and give, give some kind of result to a user, I think, is one critical uh, step. And it's starting to happen already, but I think in, in the much broader scale, we'll see that over a year or two. And the other, the other side of it is around visualization. Um, when you think about this kind of volume of data, we talked a bit earlier about the, you know, looking at a million meters on the screen, well, in some cases, you take a synchrophaser application generating uh, data 30 times a second, you really do need to see lots of data on the screen, and it's coming in really fast. And so we'll see, mm-hmm. we'll see the new, new, new visualization techniques that are able to deal with that kind of volume, because the current ones really don't do it very well uh, at that rate. And you'll, you'll, so you'll need to be able to see that kind of data, and, and I think in a, in a more immersive type of interface, for users to really get in and understand what's happening rather than just looking at it in a flat 2D screen. So I think those are, those are two big trends that I can see. Agreed, agreed. Um, so I hate to say it, we, you know, we can't talk forever, although this is a topic <laughs> we could probably talk on a lot. So we're definitely going to yes. bring you back so we can chat about it again. But I would like to That'd ask you for uh, any final thoughts you have for our audience before we close out the episode. Yeah, I think that it's important for uh, you know everyone to understand that this is a, this is a growing field. Um, the whole idea of, of real-time analytics is, is relatively new. Most of the analytics out there uh, were built for historical data analysis and you know storing data in warehouses and so on. What we're talking about here is a new breed of system, and uh, so I encourage people who've used the traditional you know, business intelligence tools to, to consider, uh, you know, some, some new approaches here because the, the, the nature of the data and the type of problem we're trying to solve has evolved significantly over the years. Agreed, agreed, Steve. Well, hey, thank you so much for coming on to the show. I'm really glad that you were able to give us a little bit more of an insight on the big data Thanks side of the smart grid. Well, because yeah, it's going to, uh, yeah. Well, as you pointed out, it's going to apply to everyone from the engineer at the uh, shop floor all the way up to the CEO in the building because it can implement and it can enhance everybody's job. That's right. That's right. Excellent. So, yeah, thank you very much, Steve. I appreciate it. Thanks again. You're welcome. And I'd like to thank everybody out there in the audience for taking the time to be with us. We wouldn't be here without you. Tell your friends. This is Alex Paul for Paul Tom Power. Have a great day.